Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome to episode two of Take Note. Uh, my name is Matt Byrne. I'm Josiah Jagoda. And uh, today we're going to be talking about uh, one of my favorite bands. They are from the 1960s, 70s, 80s, all, all of it. Very long-standing band as, as bands go. Um, the, uh, the Beach Boys, you may have heard of them. Um, uh, underground band. Yeah. Yeah, just like my music taste is just so... Um, so niche. I don't yeah, know if you sure. would have heard Beach Boys. Um, but yeah, so they, they're they one of my favorites. They're very, very talented musicians. Lots of music theory to unpack in there. Um, but also a lot of hits that uh, you guys would recognize. Um, so what, what did you think about the Beach Boys? Yeah, I, I'm excited. Um, there's a lot about the Beach Boys that I'm like sort of um, aware of by pretty like rare um interaction i don't listen to a lot of beach boys uh i've obviously heard like a lot of their super popular songs um but as far as like i've never like literally never given thought to actually like what they're they're doing behind the scenes um so i'm really excited to to get into it but i myself am not huge um i'm not a a well-versed beach boys uh individual so i'm excited to get into it it's gonna be a good time yeah they were um contemporaries with the beatles which is interesting because the beatles were obviously much more famous worldwide and the beach boys were very much an american thing but um like early 60s was when uh beach boys started out one of the first albums is uh one of the songs we're going to be talking about today don't worry babies off the album from 1964 um let's see what album it's called i get around i get around is another one of their bigger hits i've heard of that song song. yeah um but yeah, uh, I was looking at how many album sales they had. The Beach Boys sold over a hundred million records. Oh my gosh! Bro. So that's more than Ariana Grande, more than Earth, Wind, and Fire. Oh, which wow! I would assume Earth, Wind, and Fire they were mega hits in the '80s, but I don't really know how album sales work because people don't really buy music anymore. Yeah. But in terms of certification, like the you know if you see like RIAA, mm-hmm. it's Recording Industry of america something um they certify based on streams now too so you can be like nine times platinum if you have like yeah that many more streams yeah. it's not necessarily like a sale um so it's like more impressive given how many they sold like right it doesn't have that same the same mechanism because people were actually willing to go out and buy buy their vinyl albums their i mean eventually their cds i don't really know what when was the cds number? came out 100 million goodness yeah, that's and those are like, I guess projected numbers or like claimed sales. Um, so it could be actually there was a less amount that was certified because the like the recording industry doesn't certify every album sale necessarily. You, you got to round up though. If yeah, you're that of course. Close, I'm rounding up to 100 million yeah. for sure. Yep, that's a lot. It's hard to conceive of, but that's a third. Wow, what was the population in the United States back then? I mean, right now it's sitting at like what three? We're going on four hundred million, I think. Oh, oh, I yeah, I didn't know that we we're th- that high on the three hundred million, but dang, uh, yeah, but I think I, it was like three sixty, three seventy. That's a pretty like significant majority of your own like country. That's pretty, yeah, that's a pretty cool thing to. I mean, yeah, because growth has been like exponential. So I'm thinking sixties, it may have been closer to two hundred million, or so at least maybe yeah. the high two hundreds. But yeah. I average mean, population podcast, bro. Mm-hmm. If you haven't um, bought their music, you've definitely heard of them. Um, at yeah. least back then. I don't know about today. 
kids these days listening to rap horrible music no i agree I yeah that's true agree. if you look at the top charts in spotify it's honestly kind of appalling i i don't think any of like the the top 50 like just it just doesn't appeal to me i don't know it seems odd um anyway beach boys were from california they kind of were like the stereotype of surfing car loving teenagers it's a great stereotype I it's mean, America, they, man. They it's, sing it's about not. surfing a lot. They sing about cars a lot. You know, they have a line in Don't Worry Baby. It's like, uh, should have kept my mouth shut when I started to brag about my car. Mm. So it's about racing. Um, it's like a little love story entangled in a story about race, drag racing. I get the Volkswagen-like stereotype. Yeah. I think that's still California surfer, but. They were probably rocking a buggy back then. Yeah, exactly. That's That would be sweet. Can you even fit a surfboard in a buggy? They probably knew the like the geometrical aspects of how to get a surfboard into anything. I bet they could figure it out. Probably, they had roof racks. Maybe they they probably put oh, it on true. top on the buggy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Imagine seeing a buggy down the highway with a surfboard on top. That's a vibe right there. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I I would kind of think of them, at least from my perspective, as like the American Beatles, just because they were like very much a stereotype and like an ideal but like american whereas the beatles were like a british version of that just not the surfing not the cars but they were like everybody wanted to you know like the beatles mania people would go to the concerts and just scream their lungs out yeah it's really interesting to see like videos of how people react when they saw the beatles it's like i don't think of i don't think anyone is like that obsessed with anyone anymore i don't know it seems like yes but yeah definitely or at least in a different way it's not like the it's definitely a lot more i would i would say like abstractly focused like you can probably like more media focused and like following every detail of their life whereas like probably back in the day obsession with a band was like mm-hmm. i pay a stupid amount of money to go to their concert and i crazy like i travel there and then i just go insane and i see them yeah and that's the only way you really like reach an artist back then. Yeah. There was no Instagram. There's no, there's no like, no, not even internet, like Wikipedia. You can't even find out stuff about them. So if yeah. you hear their music and you like the library. it. library. Yeah. Go, go read a book about them. <laughs> Imagine that, dude. Yeah. But like going to a concert was just so much more worth it for them. Cause that's the only way you can like really see them or hear them other than listening to their music yeah. or like watching a music video and it's just so different how how consumption of of music has changed um so yeah their their first song that i wanted to look at today kokomo that was great name such a good name. not a real place though but that's a good name it like, is that, i like like how that sounds i mean how do you come up with that if it, it well kokomo. there's a kokomo indiana mm. which is not what they're talking about considering it's more of a beach song there's got to be I'm, gonna, I'm looking up origin of kokomo go ahead though yeah uh, it's it's supposedly I guess in the in the song it's like a line like it's off the Florida Keys, but there is no Kokomo off the Florida Keys. Can confirm as a Floridian, mm. there's no Kokomo. Um, yeah, I looked extensively, swam through the ocean, and could not find Kokomo. Um, so that was a single off their 26th studio album, still cruising, um, it, which came out in 1989. Can you imagine making 26 studio albums? That's a lot of albums, dude. That's more than... How many songs per album around? I don't know. I mean, I assume it's pretty standard. Probably at least 10. They, I don't know if they did EPs. They were just in the studio, dude. 
yeah. that's a lot of music by sheer volume like statistically you got to have hits by then if you're making 26 albums like, oh yeah you get better too as, as you make music so much but funny enough their lead singer brian wilson uh i mean he was kind of the reason for the success in their early days he wasn't even there for kokomo he he was kind of starting his um what is solo career I don't know if the the other guys were salty about it or didn't want to didn't want to do business with Brian anymore, but he was off doing his own thing, and they didn't even tell him about their studio session. Wow. And so when he wasn't there, they created Kokomo, released it, and it became one of their biggest hits. And unlucky for Brian Wilson, he did not write it or sing on it or play anything on it. That's pretty fake by that's pretty fake by the boys. I ain't gonna lie. Yeah. The Beach Boys, Mm-mm. you can't be called that anymore if you're violating trust like that. Yeah, Beach is all about um, positive vibes, and I'm not getting positive vibes from that. I got to agree. There's just there's a severe lack. I just want to throw this tidbit in um, from an unknown resource on the internet so you know it's heat. Um, basically, you're right. There's Kokomo, Indiana, um, and then there's also a tiki bar named after the song, but it didn't predate the song, so right. it's not the origin. So the theory is that Kokomo is a state of mind. It's a it's a it's a vibe. It's a it's an alternate intellectual experience. Which honestly, I, like that. I feel like I'm at Kokomo all the time. Mm-hmm. It's like Nirvana. Yeah, I'm in a state of Kokomo. I'm in a state of Kokomo, which is kind of actually cool. I, I kind of like that. Yeah, start using that. I, the- I feel I feel like I'm in I'm in Kokomo. Constantly. 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 Even, no, not constantly. Even when you're writing a paper, you're in Kokomo? Oh, the, n- absolutely not. I take that. It's a really good point. Yeah. I'm not in Kokomo at all. Right, right now, I don't know. Would you consider yourself in Kokomo? On a scale of one to Kokomo, I'm four. I'm sorry. But as the day progresses, I'm sure it's going to get better and better and better because just out with school. So. Mm-hmm. But it anyways, is Friday. That's true. It's a great day. It's a good day to ideal day to be in Kokomo. True. But if you're in Kokomo on a Monday, I need your energy. That's exactly right. It's uh, It could be here. Oh, think about this. Okay, before we get back into music theory, this is an important note. If I'm not in Kokomo and you're in Kokomo, is it the same experience of like someone who has too much energy on like an 8 a.m. class or, a, or like an early morning where you're just like, you need to relax because I just woke up and I don't want to deal with you right now? Or is Kokomo like a constantly positive thing where it's just like man he's on he's in kokomo right now i, I need to get there it depends how you perceive it you know, kokomo is that's in the true. eye of the beholder that's true in the height of in the eye of the beach boys mm-hmm. you just got to emit <laughs> kokomo vibes it's the like kokomo you have vibes. a an invisible speaker not even invisible in inaudible speaker playing mm. kokomo oh so you don't know that the song is playing oh. but that's what is spitting the vibe i love that well then let's let's break it down. I want to know what that vibe means. All right. Well, in that case, we'll take a listen to um this section of Kokomo. There's a place called Kokomo. That's where you want to go to get away from it all. Bodies in the sand Drop the cocaine Nothing in your hand We'll be falling in love To the 
There it is. That got that put me in Kokomo. Yeah? Yeah, that put me back in Kokomo. I mean, what else would it do? Exactly. That's, I think purpose. that's the goal. I think it's purpose. I like that a lot. Um, a steel drum action in the back? Yeah. Is that what I'm hearing? Well, falling in love to the rhythm of a steel drum band. Wow. Wow. I That's what I want to do. Um, well, here we go. So the song is in the key of C major. Um, so we start off. The first chord is C major. We got a little piano here. We'll demonstrate. Um, and then what we do is it's chromaticism. Chromaticism is where each a note goes down by a half step. So if you have C, if you're going down, the next note is B, and then B flat, and then A, and then A flat, and then G, and then F sharp, or G flat to keep keep it how we were saying flats instead of sharps and then f and then when you end you're back at e which is a third of c major so that's what that whole progression brings you from c all the way down to e by going one note by a half step but each note functions differently within the chord so first it starts with c which is the root or the the first the first degree of the scale of c major C. The next chord is C major 7, which has a B on top, so that's falling down by 1. Then you have a C dominant 7, where the next note is B flat. And then you go to F major, and F major, that note that's B flat goes down to an A, and A is the third of F. And then F goes to F minor, where the A goes to A flat. And then you go back to C, except the note that goes down by half step goes from A flat to G, and G is the fifth of C. And then what you have next is D, and that A, that G, sorry, that we just had goes down to G flat, which is the third of D. And then we have G7, so that G flat goes down to an F, which is the seventh of G which leads you right back to see where we started. For those of you who are just joining us, welcome to episode two of Take Note on Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7. My name is Matt Byrne. Uh, and I'm Josiah Jagoda. And we're talking about the Beach Boys today, two songs in particular, Kokomo and Don't Worry Baby. And we just listened to Kokomo, and we're talking about this really interesting chord progression. Yeah, that's that's really, that like is a strange... When you break it down really to the chord progression, that's really strange because like obviously it sounds so much more sad, like so much more sad than the actual song, like the song's message at least, or like the song's feeling that it conveys, which is weird. Like if you break, if you take it away from, I guess what the actual song is and break it down fundamentally, it sounds super sad, but I don't really understand that. Yeah. So, I mean, when artists do like acoustic versions of songs, they tend to sound pretty different. I mean, obviously, because it's different instrumentation, but like, that's the power of, of instrumentation, right? You can make a sad sounding chord progression sound happy. And like, it gives you this weird thing where like, subconsciously, you may not know that like, that, like, most people are not going to think, oh, that, that progression sounds sad, but the way they're doing it makes it sound happy. You only really get that when you break down the chords. And when you're listening to that, that's the unique sound of a song like Kokomo. 
I guess like also reflecting back on the song, it's interesting because at least it could reveal like a deeper meaning, whether or not this was meant behind the music theory. Like the song itself is like a bit more about, I feel like longing for Kokomo. Like it's telling Mm -hmm. the story of Kokomo. And when I'm telling like, when I'm telling my friends about the beach I went to, usually like, I'm like, dang, I wish I was on that beach right now. And so it could be maybe like this weird, um, progression full of like sad feeling and accidentals and tension to like convey um really without shoving it into the like the the listener's face that like there's a sense of longing like it's a subliminal sort of longing that's covered up by like this happiness by like telling about a beach and a cool place called kokomo yeah and i think part of that like longing is i mean the idea of like being at a beach is very like the idea of falling like this chromaticism with this note going down is almost like it's the same idea as like laying down on a beach to me. Cause like mm. falling and like laying down, it's very like passive, like hearing this note going down or like each chord isn't technically going down. Cause you go back to the, the root note, you go back to the C again and then it, it does something different, but there's still this one note that's moving. It's like, it's almost like, you know, you're just sitting at a beach and it's very calming. Yeah. Um, it's like stuff's going on around you, but you're you're like you're stationary, you're 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 stable, yeah. you're where you are. Like you're not going to stop resting, even though these these stuff's chords are moving around. Huh. But yeah, that's that's a really cool song. That is a cool song. Yeah, I like that a lot. I, I the the chorus is like really good too. I'm a big fan of the mm-hmm. the chorus is is um really catchy. So next up, um, this is a song I recently encountered which ironically was recorded 24 years before kokomo off one of their first albums called i get around uh the song is called don't worry baby is it that song i get around yeah 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 yeah. it's a good song um as so brian wilson their lead singer referred to don't worry baby as perhaps the beach boys finest record um it peaked at number 24 under the billboard hot 100 in 1964 so Gosh, this was a hit. wasn't a number one, but people know this song. Um, and I heard about it through a band called The Brook and the Bluff. Now they Great did band. a cover of this song. Great band. I like this cover a lot better than the original song. It's in a different key, um, but let's take a listen and see what you think. I don't know why, but I keep thinking that something's bound to go wrong. But she looks in my eyes and makes me realize. And she says, don't worry, baby. Everything will turn out all right. There it is. What do you think? Honestly, it's it's so pretty. I love that song. It sounds like I. It just it just sounds good, bro. It makes me feel like it's just super pretty. I don't know. The the melody is like gorgeous. I don't know. It is very. It's like a, it's like a lullaby, a little bit, or like not a lullaby, but like I mean, obviously it's a love song, but it is like it feels like the same gentleness that you'd like speak to like a child with like it's that like comforting loving like 
I don't know. It's just, it, it's a good feeling. Yeah. Um, so let's break down the chord progression here. We start off with that section um, in B, the key of B. Um, and then it goes to E major. And then we go back to B. And then we go back to E. And then, so the next section starts. Um, it's B, E, F sharp. Let me do that again. And then we start again, but we go to E this time. F sharp. And then we go to E flat 7, E flat minor 7, that is. And then A flat, sorry, major, A flat major. And then it goes to D flat. So this is where we land on the one of the next key. So this this is kind of my example for talking about mod modulation. Um, so it the song changes keys using what we call a 2-5-1 progression. So when we go from... We call a new in, the, in the piano community, in the music community. <laughs> uh, so we go from E um, to F sharp. And then when we go to this E flat minor 7, this functions one as the minor three chord of a key, which every key has, what, seven chords that are like standard within the key. So this is the third scale degree is minor. Um, but also in the next key, this is the second scale degree, which is also minor. So this key is in, or this chord, sorry, is in both keys, B and um, B and D flat. And then once we go to A flat, A flat in the key of B, that scale degree is usually minor. Except that when they make it major this time, it functions as the dominant chord, the five, which it's the six in the key of B, but it's the five in the key of D flat. The five is a dominant chord, which points towards the one of the next key, which is D flat. So what's interesting is they use a key that's already in here, a chord that's already in here, and then a five, and then you land on a, a different key. So it kind of surprises you, but it sneaks its way in there, not in like a jarring way, like you don't just go from B to D flat, um, but they do it in like a sneaky way, um, which is really interesting. And it sounds beautiful given the instrumentation, like the guitar, and the voices, when they land on D-flat, I don't know how many harmonies are in there, but they're all singing, and it just sounds amazing. Well, it's like, what, what, is it just to make that interesting? or Like, obviously it does, it just mixes it up, but, like, what do you think, like, what's the point? Like, um, I mean, I don't, I don't really know why, sounds I guess. good? It does. Yeah, it does, it does sound good. And there's a difference, though, like, between, I mean, if you know Beyonce's Love on Top, she switches keys, like, two or three times but it's it's just when she lands on the last note of of the progression it just like immediately just jumps to the next key huh. so it's like that's like a non-interesting way of doing it i guess yeah it has an effect which is like not not inherently a bad thing because like for what she's doing it's a very like loud powerful pop song 
which like that makes sense to do it in that context but in the context that this song is in which is a very like relaxing calming yeah. song where like you clearly hear the guitar doing it in this way where it's a like a two five one is probably the the simplest way to change keys without just moving up a chord yeah and it's like i mean i guess you could call that jazzy the, the jazzy. central chord progression of jazz is two five one like that's what jazz is based off of so when you go e flat minor a flat d flat that's like basically what jazz is yeah yeah, yeah. i mean it's just cool i i think it's interesting that there's that much like obviously this is not a hot take but like um there's so much like creativity in that realm where um, you can just like throw it in there you're like oh i have a great idea or like you just like mess around and you're like oh that sounds really good like mm-hmm. that sounds really cool and then we just like you roll with it and then obviously like back to the other uh, uh kokomo like it's all about what instruments you choose to to convey that sort of sound which is like really cool that you just have so much freedom in that sort of thing i just i just think that's a cool aspect of like i i guess i've never written a song but i just feel like that's a cool like a power to have be like oh i can just kind of do what i want i mean there's rules rules you have to function within but like mm-hmm. for the most part you're like oh i just figured out what's sounds really cool right here and then make it work it's a cool thing to, to be able to do yeah and i presume that's how they wrote most of their songs like i don't think most musicians have a super set idea of what they're trying to do or like a whole set of lyrics or a whole chord progression yeah before they start i mean when you have like a studio session you kind of just bounce ideas off each other and figure out what you're gonna do and i don't know if that's exactly how they did this one but um it's just it's really inventive so i mean for a pop group to have such like a complex musical idea it's kind of surprising given like how different pop is now like you don't see that among like top charting songs they're usually just three or four chord progressions but yeah the beach boys are are different built different i would agree and that's why in my humble opinion america is better than the uk saying the the beatles aren't uh aren't musically interesting uh i didn't say that i just am no i'm saying that next episode we'll talk next about episode. the beatles we'll talk yeah, yeah exactly dude we'll give, we'll give you some examples of the beatles and interesting corporate i love the beatles i'm gonna throw that out there please don't no yeah guys I, I you'll love probably them. love them even more love after the next beatles. episode i'm down let's do let's do the beatles let's do it all right uh, thank you for listening. This has been Take Note on Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM. My name is Matt Byrne. I'm Josiah Jagoda. And uh, take care.